In Forbes, the end of inheritance for the middle class as we know it. Will private reverse mortgages actually surpass the Heckam? And a judge forces live well into Chapter 7 bankruptcy. These are your top reverse mortgage news stories in Heckam World Weekly, the nation's only weekly broadcast for the reverse mortgage professional. Good to have you with us, and hopefully you enjoyed your Independence Day weekend with family and friends. This first story I found in Forbes, it's written by Patricia Barnes, and it addresses the end of inheritance for the middle class. She says that increasingly many old family homesteads are not being passed down when the parents die, and parents are increasingly taking advantage of a reverse mortgage. Those statements are most certainly true. But then she goes on to say that taking equity from the home often leads to foreclosure, leaving traditional heirs with nothing but memories. Okay, I think I know which direction this story is going to go, and the next sentence confirms it, saying, not only are reverse mortgage companies feasting upon the assets of older Americans, so too are health insurers and prescription drug companies. Let's just stop right there. It is completely unfair and quite frankly unprofessional to paint all Heckam lenders as predatory players feasting on the assets of older Americans. If they didn't get a reverse mortgage, what would they get, Mrs. Barnes? What would their options be? To be fair, the columnist rightly points out there is in fact a paradigm shift when it comes to inheritance or wealth transfers. Many times the senior needs to use the money and they are skipping the heirs and going directly into their pockets. But she again claims it's going to the pockets of reverse mortgage companies, banks, international corporations, and the government. Again, the proceeds go into the pocket of the homeowner. Now she says an alarming percentage of Americans have insufficient funds to cover their necessities. I couldn't agree more. But again, if the reverse mortgage is so quote unquote awful, then without a reverse mortgage, what would they do? In fact, how many of these folks would lose their home if they were not able to get rid of the existing mortgage? She says that a borrower can face foreclosure while living in the property if they fall behind on property taxes and homeowners insurance. And again, like the vast majority of so-called professional journalists, she fails to point out the same thing would happen with a traditional mortgage. That's right. As we know, if you don't pay your property taxes or your homeowner's insurance, your traditional mortgage lender can and most likely will initiate foreclosure proceedings. Now, an interesting part of the article, which I actually found quite educational, is some changes in the proposed funding of the Social Security Fund. The Social Security Administration says that 43% of single Social Security recipients, 65 and older, rely on Social Security for more than 90% of their income. But there is a new proposal in the works, and that is from State Representative John B. Larson, a Democrat from Connecticut and the ranking member of the House Ways and Means Subcommittee. Now, he has proposed the Social Security 2100 Act and House Resolution 1902. What it would do is increase benefits for the recipient by about 2% and set the minimum benefit at 25% above the poverty line, so a lot higher than we see it today. And when it comes to collecting taxes, they say get rid of the cap on what wages or taxable wages can be taxed for Social Security. Presently, it's 132900 and also it contains what I see as the inevitable, a tax hike by 2043. Workers and employees would pay 7.4% instead of 6.2% into the FICA to fund Social Security. 
For those self-employed individuals listening, the math is this. It would be 14.8% instead of 12.4% that you'd be paying in self-employment tax. If you're asking yourself, why do you bring up these negative media stories? Because I believe it's important for you as a reverse mortgage professional to be fully aware of what's out there in the public domain and be able to effectively combat misinformation and unprofessional and incomplete investigations. And another article from Forbes magazine, this one from Jamie Hopkins, it asks, will private reverse mortgages surpass the Hackam? It says we have been moving away from the federally insured and also federally supervised home equity conversion mortgage, something we all know, and more toward proprietary or private reverse mortgage products. Some of that shift, Hopkins says, can be attributed to the change in the upfront mortgage insurance premiums for the federally insured reverse mortgage. And for many, he says that has created sticker shock. But the drop in applications and loans has also caused the industry to react in a certain way. Innovation, considering more diversified product offerings. Now, the proprietary products, as we know, have not been on the market very long. Yet, while they are increasing in popularity, we have no idea exactly how many private or proprietary reverse mortgages are being written. Unlike the home equity conversion mortgage, which is insured by the government, these are coming through a variety of channels, and there is no central repository for us to get an exact exact count. So how many are being written? How is the public responding to these? And most importantly, would private or proprietary reverse mortgages actually exceed the HECM in overall volume in the near future? While these questions do remain, Hopkins is bullish when it comes to the proprietary market writing. In 2019, the HECM might take a backseat to proprietary products. In 2018, proprietary product development was the focus, and companies like FAR, AAG, Retirement Funding Solutions, Longbridge, and others were developing, looking at, or rolling out new products, and the results were very encouraging. And in this week's last story, an update on LiveWell Financial. A judge has ruled to force LiveWell into Chapter 7 bankruptcy. This according to a recent article in Reverse Review by Jessica Guerin. They've entered into bankruptcy protection, and a Delaware judge granted a petition in on Monday, excuse me, that forces the lender to go into involuntary bankruptcy. The petition was filed on June 10th by three of the creditors of LiveWell. That would be Flagstar Bank, Murray Asset Securities, and Commercial Bank of China Financial Services. There's also an additional fourth creditor, writes the reverse review. That is Five Elms Capital. Combined, they're looking to collect $130 million they say they're owed since LiveWell went under in early May. And court documents also show that Ginny May itself began taking measures on June 26 to terminate and to completely extinguish LiveWell's interest in mortgage-backed security pools. Now, LiveWell did file a notice with the court saying they would not contest the relief that is sought through the involuntary bankruptcy petition. We will provide continuing updates on this story as it becomes available. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Heckam World Weekly. If you are not there already, be sure to go to heckamworld.com. There you can find our latest breaking video commentary and analysis. And don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to this podcast on iTunes. Never miss an upcoming episode by subscribing to our email list. Thanks again and have a great week.